Live from Chicago, the podcast that brings together the best minds in digital marketing today, Chicago Social. Now, from the offices of Boxless Media, in the heart of downtown Chicago, it's the deep dish eating, eternal Cubs fan, and And man man of of the the hour, hour. our host, Jason Bauman. Now, let's get social. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the fourth episode of the Chicago Social Podcast. We've had three amazing episodes so far, and we have another one planned for you today. Last week, we had Vivica Von Rosen, who is really one of the foremost minds in LinkedIn marketing. Today, we have one of the best digital marketing generalists out there, Rich Brooks. Rich has one of the best podcasts out there that I listen to every single day it's it's released. So we're excited to have him here on the podcast. We're even more excited to have him on the stage at the Chicago Social Conference. If you have not bought your tickets yet, make sure you go online as soon as you can and buy them tickets. It's www.chicagosocialcon.com. But enough about that. Let's get into our interview because it's an amazing episode ahead. Rich Brooks is the founder and president of Flight New Media, a web design and marketing firm in Portland, Maine. He is a nationally recognized speaker on entrepreneurship, digital marketing, and social media. Rich is the founder of the Agents of Change, an annual conference, weekly podcast, and blog all about search, social, and mobile marketing. He is a regular contributor at socialmediaexaminer.com, the world's most popular social media marketing blog. Finally, Rich is a tech guru on WCSH Channel 6's Evening News Show 207, and he teaches web marketing and social media courses for entrepreneurs at the University of Southern Maine Center for Continuing Education. Rich is one of my favorite podcasters, and I'm so excited to have him here at the Chicago Social Podcast and on the stage at Chicago Social Con. So, Rich, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Jay. I'm really looking forward to this and also coming out to Chicago. It's going to be an amazing conference. We've got an amazing group of people, and I'm so excited that you're coming because really when I decided to do this, you were the first person I called. And I've said it a million times, I wanted to build the conference that I wanted to go to, and I think you were the first person who I really wanted to to see. So so thank you for agreeing to, to join in this crazy endeavor of, of ours here at Boxless Media. Well, that's so. very flattering. And I think more people should do that because, you know, Agents of Change started with, you know, I'm up here in Maine. I don't get, you know, it's not the most cosmopolitan state in the entire nation. And I wanted to have a conference here in Maine that I wanted to go to. And that was, uh, you know, five years ago now. Yeah. And look what it's grown into. So very exciting. And I think I'll be there this year. I'm, I'm working on, on getting there. It's on my mom's birthday. So um, oh, happy birthday, Jay's so, mom, in yes. advance. So she's my third listener, once you know that, to the podcast. <laughs> Hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. So I wanted to have you on today to talk about, you really are one of the best digital marketing generalists that I know. You know, a lot of people, last week we had on Vivica, and Vivica was amazing. She's really the LinkedIn, I say queen of the world. I think she uses different different terminology, but she really is the link, LinkedIn person. But when I think of digital marketing, I think you really are one of the best generalists. So you know everything from SEO to social media to web to mobile marketing, and you bring it all together in a great podcast. So what I wanted to get wanted to talk about today was the four components or four ingredients that you talk about in your digital marketing action plan. So Rich, tell me a little bit about those four components. Let's start with the first one. What's the first one? Sure. So uh, 
this digital marketing action plan, which is really what we put together for our clients, uh, the first one is attraction. I'll, I'll read them all off in the, or I'll say them out loud and then we can come back. And, and it, So it's attraction, engagement, conversion, and measurement. And I always say, you know, every business is going to be different. Every industry is going to be different. It's all based on where your audience is. But if you have something in each one of those categories, you're going to succeed. I've seen this this model work, or this framework work for companies of all sizes and also for nonprofits. So the first one, like you said, is attraction. And I do have a web-centric view of the world, but most businesses have to be very aware of their web presence. I'm sure everybody listening to this show is. And so attraction is all about how do we get people to our website in the first place? And there's a few different ways to do this. And these days, in 2016, uh, the ways that I focus on the most are search engine optimization, or SEO, social media, and digital ads. Those are the big three, at least from the digital front. Now, of course, we can also do things like uh, you know, traditional advertising and PR and networking events and a bunch of other stuff. But for me, really, to drive people to my website for the first time, I definitely want to be ranking well for the keywords that they're looking for. Uh, social media, not as big a driver, I think, as some people believe it to be. I think social media is great. I think it's a great place to build loyalty, uh, establish your credibility, do a lot of things, get to know your audience for sure, engage them. Um, but yeah, it is one thing that we can do there is drive traffic to our website. And then these days, I was always an organic guy, looked down on spending money to drive people to my website. As the world has become a more connected and competitive place, I definitely think that digital ads have their place. And here at Flight, we tend to focus mostly on Facebook ads, which we're just absolutely in love with right now uh, because of the price point. Uh, Google AdWords, because they're great when people are showing commercial intent like, I want to learn about something or I'm looking to buy something. And then retargeting, because a lot of people just are in research mode when they come to your website for the first time. So you want to be able to stay in front of them, even if they don't make that buying decision while they're at your site. That's, that's great. That's a lot of information. So three <laughs> things, SEO, social media, and digital advertising. Now that first one is, I think, some of the three scariest letters in digital marketing. Every No one understands really a lot about it. Everyone's scared of it. And what I've learned is it's really not all that scary. There's some basic principles. But tell me a little bit more about what the average small or medium-sized business needs to be doing um, and when it comes to search engine optimization. Sure. The way that I usually look at search engine optimization or SEO is twofold. One is how do the words on your web page match up with the search that somebody just did? which is often referred to as on-page optimization. And then how many quality incoming links do you have from other sources, which is often referred to as um, off-site optimization or off-page optimization. So the way that you... The way that you rank higher in the first category is you need to understand the language of your customers. And so what you want to do is do a little bit of keyword research. And of course, there are paid tools to do this. But if you're trying to do this at home by yourself, um, and some some industries are not as competitive, so you can do this, but you use tools like uh, the Keyword Planner, which is part of Google's AdWords program, totally free to set up an account and start playing around with it. You only have to pay when you uh, actually start advertising, but you can use this to get a good sense of what's the search volume for certain 
keywords and what other words might even be better. The example I often use is, you know, if you're a plastic surgeon and you want to write a lot of articles about rhinoplasty, but your audience is searching for nose job, you're not doing anybody any good. So you really want to know the words that your audience is using and then create content around there, putting the best words in your titles, in your headers, in your body copy, uh, intrasite links. So that's a big part of it. And of course, we can get a lot more nuance, but we could spend, you know, days talking about SEO. Sure. But that's really the basics. So I often say a blog is a very powerful tool for SEO because if I want to you know, rank really well for, say, um, dog trainer, I might you know, I'd have my website set up talking about all my products and services, but I'd probably start writing all the questions down that people ask me and uh, start just doing what I call Dear Abby style posts, where I would do like five or six posts on specific topics around different, and I don't know anything about dog training, but you know, like, you know, dog training for puppies, dog training for adopted dogs, dog training for, you know, like older, whatever it would be. You know, I would create these blog posts and then within them I'd have keyword rich links that go back to the page where people can register for my dog training services. So I think a lot of people think that SEO is something that someone has to come in and put some magical code on websites and then instantly, boom, it's at the top of Google. But what you're saying is it's about the content on the page and then it's about people linking to that content because of its value. Correct? That's definitely part of it. Obviously, in more competitive industries where everybody's already doing all the good stuff, you may need to start really looking at other avenues or really tweaking it out. But I think most people can get to like 90% of SEO understanding just by taking care of the basics. Then there are those industries that are just so super competitive that you really need to be spending a lot of time or bring in an agency or have an internal SEO person. But a lot of times I've seen businesses just improve their search rankings within a week just by going through their title tags on the page and making them a little bit clearer, a little bit more key rich, making sure that every page had a unique page title. Like if you haven't done any of that stuff, that's going to make a huge difference. Sure. And then on the other side, getting those inbound links, people linking to you can also help as well. Um, and the tool that I use for this is um, on Moz. It's a free tool, although it's a freemium tool in the fact that they give you some information for free. But if you want to dig deeper, then you have to sign up for a Moz account. Moz is moz.com. But it's the Open Site Explorer. And what I might do is I would take a look at how many inbound links I have and then how many inbound links my competitors have. And if I have like less than 50 inbound links, that's probably an area where I'm gonna put a focus on. But if I've already got 300 or 500 or 1,000 inbound links, that's probably, it's not gonna make a huge difference for me to get a few more. That's been my experience at least. But again, I'm gonna see what is my competition doing. So if there's a few other dog trainers in town, I want to see how many inbound links do they have, and that's going to give me a sense of whether or not I should be putting more effort into that particular uh, endeavor. Gotcha. Makes a lot of sense. Now, one of our favorite topics at Boxes Media is social media. That's one of our, our, our really big, strong points here. Um, it seems to be one of your least favorite uh, in terms of uh, attraction, but tell me what you need to be doing on social media as a small business. 
And let me just say this. So I love social media. Social media has been very good to me personally. It's been very good for my company. It's been very good for my clients. I just think that people get so excited about the promise of social media, but it's become so competitive. And because we're reliant on these platforms like Facebook that only care about us in as much as they can make money off of us, that I'm less ecstatic about it than I used to. And also, I'm a B2B company. So B2C, it's, it is a little bit different. But you know, when I look at my clients' Google Analytics and I'm looking at where their traffic is coming from, the majority of traffic is usually coming from search, not social. And the majority of conversions is coming from search, not social. Now, maybe I don't do enough lifestyle brands. I know that you've got more experience in that, so you might be able to talk better about that, Jay, than I. But for me, social is more about showing what is your company like? How are you involved in the community? Definitely sharing some marketing material, like when we write blog posts and stuff, we definitely share it on social media in part to get that social proof at the top of our blog post that has been shared 10, 50, 100, 500 times across social media platforms. So I definitely think it's helpful that way. But when I look at my own Google Analytics and those of our clients, I just don't see the traffic being driven to the sites at the same rate that some of the other tools at my disposal. I think one of the, and that makes a lot of sense, and I think you, you've hit a couple of very good points in there. I think one of the problems that people make with social media is even when we're doing contracts, people are always asking me, well, how many Instagram posts are we going to get for that amount of money, or how many Facebooks? And, and I like to say, you know what? It's not at all about the number of posts. It's about the engagement, and I think we're going to talk about an engagement in a few minutes um, or retention, but um, on social media, at least, it's about building those relationships and it's not about numbers of posts and stuff like that so so thank you um next digital advertising which i absolutely i've been in advertising for a long time so i love advertising so tell me about digital ads what do you need to know about well i think you know the way that we usually think about it the two main ways of driving traffic is through for us facebook ads and google ads facebook ads is just amazing because a it's less expensive on average than than uh the same type of ads on google but also that the narrowness of the targeting is just amazing you know whether it's like we've got an email list so we upload it to facebook and then we can target just those people or if we've got a special offer that we only want to bring new people onto we can actually block our email list from seeing our ads. Uh, I can create lookalike audiences off of that. Or I might say, I want to reach every woman in Maine who's between 45 and 65 and concerned about their nutrition. You know, So there's those amazing targeting tactics and tools that we have within Facebook advertising. Uh, and Google, like I said before, it's great. It's, it's a little bit more expensive, but people have commercial intent. So one client we're working with, we have gotten their Facebook ads down so inexpensively. And from our standpoint, we're driving a lot of qualified leads to their website. But what's interesting is that the Google ads, even though they're about twice as expensive, sometimes more, they actually are converting at a higher rate. I don't have a percentage to see which one actually makes a difference. But, you know, Jay, you're like me. You're running a business, right? So at the end of the day, I want to be doing the things that are going to bring in the most business for my company. So those are some of the things that we definitely want to measure as well. You know, best practices also include sending people not to your home page, but to a special squeeze page, or at least a very specific product page where they can follow through on whatever you were just talking about. If you're trying to get people to sign up for a webinar, you know, make it as easy as possible once they get there. You know, have consistency in your design from the ad to the squeeze page where you're capturing their information or getting them to buy something. Um, those are all critically important steps to the process. 
Sure. And you mentioned Facebook advertising, but I want to just ask you something that's really not we talked about before, but what about Twitter advertising or Instagram advertising? Now, Instagram advertising is included in Facebook advertising platform, but have right. you experienced in both of those areas? Have you seen good results, bad results? I haven't seen enough from myself, but we have run Twitter ads a number of times. The cost per click is always higher. I don't know why that is. We haven't had as good results with the Twitter ads as we've had with Facebook ads. Um, I will continue to throw a little money towards there every once in a while to see if things change. But my experience has been is just Facebook has so much more data on our customers so we can get in front of all the right people. Um, and there's things I can do on Twitter because it's a different platform that don't make me spend that kind of money. I think it's worth playing around with. If I was going to do it when I've done a Twitter event like a uh, like a tweet up or a Twitter webinar, then I definitely advertise on Twitter because those people are interested in learning more. Um, and for Instagram ads, we are running those. Uh, and as you mentioned, you, that's owned by Facebook. So you can actually run your Instagram ads through Facebook. And the greatest thing about Instagram ads is they're clickable. So most mm -hmm. Instagram posts, there's nothing to click on, not even in the description is there a link. Absolutely. And so this is really cool that now with the Instagram ads, we can create images that can drive traffic to our websites. Which, by the way, need to be mobile friendly because 99.9% .9 of the people looking at an Instagram photo are on their phone. Absolutely. Uh, you know, one of the things that we noticed in, in marketing or advertising for Chicago Social is that the conversions on Twitter ads have been almost twice what the conversions have been on Facebook. That's really? why I asked that question. Yeah, never would have expected that. I just tried it out, and we're doing more advertising now on Twitter than we are on Facebook, which is contrary to everything I've ever done in, in at Boxless. So that's why I asked that question. So yeah, you uh, this is definitely a, your mileage may vary. So I'm going to, I'm going to go back and try some more Twitter ads because I, it's been a few months since we've done anything with them. So thank it you. might be the population. It might be the, the geography. I mean, maybe Twitter's more popular here than in Maine. I'm not sure. Um, but it, it just, the, the conversions were over twice what they were on Facebook, which I was completely shocked. Okay. And so, these, and the, wait, just question though for you, I'll turn the, uh, turn the attention uh -oh. back to you. So are these uh, ads that you're running for Boxless Media or are these ads you're running for your clients? So these are, what I'm talking about is the ads that I'm running for the Chicago Social um, Conference. Interesting. So, I, you know, I, I do know at that point those people are extremely interested in social media because they're on Twitter. They're a little bit more. Exactly. Good point. And I was, I'm targeting people who go to other shows. Um, so I think that helps, too. So uh, it might be the targeting. I don't, I don't think so. I just think that the platform is different, and I think the platform lends itself a little bit more to social media people. So I think it's a, a unique case. But we'll I think that's the best point that either of us has brought up all day is you advertise or you create content where your audience is. Mm -hmm. And you intelligently figured out that people on Twitter are going to be more interested in social media because that's not the most popular social platform. That's not the default social platform for people. It's it's Facebook. So I think that's a brilliant move. And, and now that you've explained it like that, those numbers make absolute sense to me. Yeah. So Well, thank you. But um, I want to move on now to the step two. Um, which, which is, is engagement. engagement. Correct. Yeah. Tell me about engagement. So engagement is this idea that people come to your website, you've spent all this energy to get them there, um, and then they leave and they're gone forever. You know, the idea that, well, people will come back. They don't come back. All you need to do is look at your Google Analytics and see the small percentage of repeat visitors, and you'll mm -hmm. know most people don't come back. So the, the issue becomes 
how can we stay in contact? How can we engage this audience who's come to our website? And the two main areas that I think of, actually, I guess now it's three. The first one is email. That is the most powerful thing. I, I cannot stress this enough. You know, in, on my podcast, The Agents of Change, almost everybody who comes in, even when it's a LinkedIn specialist or an Instagram specialist, they always talk about building their list. Email marketing is where you sell things on the internet. It's so powerful. So one thing I'm always working with my clients on is build up your email list. Get people when they're on your website to sign up for something. Give them some lead magnet to get their contact information so you have permission to stay in contact with them. So you get access to the most valuable property on the internet, which is their inbox. Okay, so that's the biggest one. And then also these days with social media, we can do things like like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, become LinkedIn with us, uh, subscribe to our YouTube, Instagram, whatever feeds we might have. And those are also lesser forms of permission to keep the conversation going. And uh, so that's another one. And then I had mentioned retargeting before. So I guess that actually falls into the same thing. Somebody comes to your website. They don't buy your tickets for Chicago Social. I don't know why they wouldn't. And then they go off and they go to Facebook and they see an ad for Chicago Social. They go to Fox News or CNN and they see ads for Chicago Social. So that retargeting, follow them, following them around the web with, um, with digital ads based on the fact that they came to your website and didn't make that buying decision – that's not as permission-based, but it is very powerful. And I think this is probably one of the most important parts of this, of, of your whole GMAP plan, because, you know, I, I get enough traffic on my site. If I can think, if 100% of the people who come to my website come to Chicago Social, I would need six venues. You know, I couldn't right. fit them all there. But, you know, it's about getting them to come back and revisit and eventually buy. So I think this is a really important part of your plan. So um, thank you for sharing that. Next, conversion. I guess this is more important too as well because it's the dollars that make They're it all the important, right, exactly. <laughs> so tell me about conversion. What does that even mean? So conversion is about just getting people to take a desired uh, action on your website. And depending on, like, I have a lead gen website. So my website is all about getting people to fill out the contact form or pick up the phone. So those are two obvious things that I want people to do. Um, other things you might want people to do is sign up for your email newsletter, use a on-site calculator, use the, um, the, uh, what do you call it? The MLS search it could be about clicking on a buy now button. So whatever it is in your business that you want people to do while they're at your website, that is a conversion. And there's a lot of this kind of gets into web design um, and also doing some maybe split testing to see what can I do to improve the conversion rates on my website. Your conversion rate is the number of people who come to your website and what percentage of them take that desired action. So it's a little bit about design. It's a little bit about am I providing the right kind of information for somebody to make a decision. So there's a lot of different ways that we can fix our websites, improve our websites so that it's more likely to get somebody to take a desired action. And there's a lot of different tactics here. I mean, just, you know, one of them is if you're going to use pictures of people, the people should be looking either at your copy or they should be looking at what you want people to click on. You know, these, some of these tricks like this. A lot of white space, whether it's white or not, is very helpful because you're guiding people down. You know, people always say that they want freedom of choice, but what they really want 
is guidance. They've never been to your website or maybe they've been once before. They don't know it like you. So you need to guide them through the process. At the bottom of every page, you need to have a call to action. At the top of every page, if you want your phone to ring, you need to have the phone number. So everything on your website, specifically the web pages, should be to lead people gently down the right path so you can ultimately help them out with whatever product or service you bring to market. And one of the things I like about your your website or your blog is that at the bottom of your blog, you have three or four articles that also make sense after it. So basically, now this is this is maybe more so about retention, but I think what you, you do a good job in basically keeping people on your site and guiding them along the way. So that's kind of an interesting part of, of, of what you're doing. All right, one last step, measurement. And I think yeah. sometimes people forget about this or don't know how to do it or are scared of Google Analytics. Tell me about how to see if things are working, what you should do if they're not working. Yeah, Google Analytics is a conversation unto itself. And when I talk about traffic reports, that is always where I start. The, the measurement or is any of this stuff actually working question starts with Google Analytics. Every small to medium-sized business should have Google Analytics installed on their website, every nonprofit. Um, but unfortunately, kind of like jogging shoes in the closet, if you don't look at your Google Analytics, they don't do you any good. So there's a number of steps that you can take to uh, to improve your the the way that you look at it. You know, there are things that you can do during setup, like setting up, creating filters, so you're not your traffic is not actually interfering with the reports that are being generated. Um, there are goals that you can set up so you can see if people are actually converting in your website. There's a number of different things that we can do. And then what I recommend to our clients is, you know, take 15 minutes every week or every other week if you can't and just take a look and see what's going on. You know, what is the, um, what are the queries that people are using that are driving them to your website? And then there's a nice trick where you can actually find out what queries do you appear on page two for. So if you just make a couple of changes to that page, you can boost yourself sometimes over the weekend to a page one result driving a lot more traffic to your website for those great keywords uh, that are happening. But the, the Google Analytics shows us Who's coming to our website? What's their behavior like? And where the website is working and where it's not working. And that's critically important. And then beyond Google Analytics, um, I'd strongly recommend that everybody has some sort of email program like uh, Constant Contact, AWeber, MailChimp, whatever you like. We use Constant Contact. But whatever it is that you do, check your metrics there. You know, what, what are your open rates? What are your click-through rates? Uh, those kind of things are also very important as well. And then every social media platform has its own analytics too. So, you know, if you are actively engaged on Facebook or Pinterest or LinkedIn, LinkedIn not so much, but even they have some metrics, you can start to see what your activity is like and, and whether you're achieving those goals. So those are all important things to pay attention to because with measurement, you know, there's only so many hours in the day. Yeah. So if we look at what the results are from our activities, we can start to see hey, this is really paying off and this isn't paying off at all. And so then you start to refocus your intention and you, if you're paying attention to your, your metrics, you can get better month after month and continue to improve throughout. Absolutely. And I think you just hit right on the head right there. As I think 
you got to pay attention and you got to act on those on those analytics. I think if you look at the analytics and and you don't know what what they mean or, or or what you need to do to to take the next step, I think that's that's not good as well either. So I think it's equally as important to look at the the analytics but then also to act on the data that's presented in those analytics. So Rich, thank you so much for being with us today. That is an amazing amount of information and I, and I hope that everyone gets through it all and, and is able to to pick up on a few different things that they can they can bring to their own businesses. Um, I will have all this information online in our show notes uh, which are available at chicagosocialcon.com slash podcast. Um, Rich, if someone wants to reach out to you, where should they do that? You know, that's a great question. So there's a, my two main brands are Flight New Media and Agents of Change. If you're interested in our podcast blog or annual conference, head on over to agentsofchangecon.com. That's C-O-N.com. I hate that domain. I'm working on a new one. Um, if they want to talk uh, because they're looking for, a, a, you know, web stuff, then they can check out TakeFlight, F-L-Y-T-E dot com. And if they just want to chat with me, I am the Rich Brooks on Twitter and everywhere else, all one word. And just for the people who are listening, there, and I've said this a thousand times to Rich, so he's like, Jason, why do you say this again? But there is really only one podcast that I listen to every single day it is released, and it's yours. It's just an amazing podcast. You do a very good job of bringing the right people in with the right topics, diversifying those topics across search, social, and mobile marketing, and then also being able to to create show notes and and the necessary backup to 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 take that information on. So um, that's definitely a podcast that I recommend everyone else listen to um, besides the Chicago Social Podcast. So Rich, thank you so much for being with us, and thank you. It for, was my pleasure, and we'll see you in a few months in Chicago. Sounds great. Looking forward to it. All right. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, head over to RavicCards.com. Enter the code CHGO and leave us a review. Otherwise, check us out online at ChicagoSocialCon.com. Until next week, peace.